Welcome to this week's episode of Food Safety University as we continue our trauma and toxic workplace cultures conversation. And this week we are diving into what is trauma. See you on the inside. Welcome to Food Safety University. I'm Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele, and this is the one podcast where you can get everything you need to know about food safety and how to run a food manufacturing plant for all of those small and local food manufacturers. If you are into local and sustainable food and agriculture, this is the podcast for you every week. We cover new and original ideas around how to get the most out of your HACCP planning and how to get your plant up and running and continue running in a way that fulfills your dreams. So grab a pen and paper because every week you're going to need it. See you on the inside. Hello, my friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. And today we are going to be talking about what is trauma. Now, um, near as I can tell, I am the only food safety expert talking about trauma (laughs) because I just got to be me, right? And one of the reasons that I am doing this is because I am like all in on making the world a better place to live. And in thinking about all the things that I do, you know what I really, really do? As I help people succeed with the brain that they have. And I have to tell you, I am thinking about starting like another podcast that's not like just food and food related. Um, because I am so called to helping people, especially neurodiverse people, you know, people who frankly are like me, right? And most of my clients, I was thinking about this the other day, and they're like, my coach was saying, how do you know you work like, how, how is your, your work with neurodiverse individuals the same as, like, the work that you do in food? And I was thinking about all of my clients and the people who signed up to work with me, and I really have for a long time thought that all of my customers are gifted, um, and a lot of them come to me because they have other things that are going on um, that makes it really hard for them to just sit down and write their food safety plan. Because not every not every food manufacturer is my client. I think everybody could benefit from me by and large, but not every. Of course, not everybody is my client. It's fine. And I really do think a lot of my customers and the ones that I succeed really well with are what's called twice exceptional. And those are people who, who are gifted. I am gifted. I was diagnosed gifted. And I'm going to know this is going to come as a shock to you, but I've got a pretty high IQ, as do almost everybody that I work with, right? Um, and I can tell um, because of the way that they think. Like, giftedness is a way of thinking more than an IQ. IQ is like the worst measurement we have of gifted. As Albert Einstein said, if you measure a goldfish on its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its entire life thinking it's worthless. Um, so I really do work with people who um, who are gifted, <laughs> like over in food manufacturing. And... Um, and, but then they also have other things that get in the way of them realizing the vision that they had. And that's where I come into play, right? Because what I'm really here to do is help neurodiverse individuals succeed with the brain that they have, 
without shame that our brains are different. You know, with my clients, I talk a lot about shame, right? Without apologizing for who we are and how we want the world to be, without apologizing that, yeah, we totally understand that it might not be the, quote, most efficient thing in the entire world to have local distribution and local food safety and um, local responses to, uh, you know, to growing a, growing a business. Like I was I got into this with the USDA the other day because they're like, we see no reason why people would not just go for um just go for for FSIS inspection, federal inspection, um, because, you know, you can't grow your business adequately with state inspection, let alone retail exemption or custom exemption, which, swear alert, I called bullshit. Like, there's all different, like, we need all different sorts of solutions out there and saying there's this, like, one-size-fits-all federal inspection. Love federal inspection that I do for the meat and poultry industry. It isn't an appropriate answer for everybody. It just happens to be an appropriate answer for my clients, right? So I'm like in it to help people stop apologizing for who they are and, and, and understand that our brains and our bodies, our experiences, our businesses, and our traumas are not an apology, okay? I treasure the neurodiversity available in the human population and especially in the population that I serve. And I'm really here to create liberation for individuals through understanding themselves. Um, I work with love and, and service and self-respect and I teach others to do the same. Like when you come into one-on-one -on -one coaching with me about growing your food business, uh, that's really what we work on. And the food safety plan and integrating the food safety plan to the business vision um, is like, that's a, it's a means to an end to walk in this world, loving yourself and loving what you're doing and bringing that love to the work that you do every day because we spend 80% of our waking lives at work. Um, Right. And I'm here to teach people to walk in life with the level with that level of pride. But in order to do that, we have to understand how we interact in the world. And we interact in the world through our nervous system. OK, and our nervous system is expressed literally in our body. Okay, yes, is it organized in our brain? Absolutely, but our nervous system is expressed in our body. So in this podcast where I talk about what is trauma, okay, what we're going to be, I'm, I'm first going to talk to you about what the hell your nervous system is, because you may never have actually learned this, okay, and then we're going to go from there into what... Uh, what trauma what trauma is okay and how you can start kind of maybe understanding you know like the differences between trauma and 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 acute stress that's really important to understand they're not the same thing you know sometimes we talk about big t trauma and little t trauma and we're going to be talking about 
both um, because the the truth of the truth of the matter is is that in surveys that we have done the World Health Organization has done this the um, like every professional organization I or my friends are involved with has done a survey about mental health and mental wellness amongst their population right and what it looks like um, is that um, of the people who report, and this is just reporting, it's like foodborne illness, right? Um, it's underreported. The people who report um, that they, um, who people who have no symptoms, um, okay, um, you take a big population and say, okay, do you think um, you have experienced trauma? A third of people will say yes, and that's probably an underreporting. Then, if you take people who are symptomatic of having a traumatic event, okay, um, there are emotional signals like sadness and anger, denial, fear, um, like, like, um, and, and I mean like an outsized fear, okay, like an email comes in and your body breaks out into a cold sweat, or shame over something, you know, that you have an outsized shame reaction to. Not all shame responses or, or anger or whatever is because of trauma. It's when they're, when they're causing other things like nightmares, insomnia, tough relationships, toxic work environments, uh, emotional outbursts, okay, um, and have often a caught like like physical symptoms because of course we feel our feelings in our body. And if you have ever done any coaching with me at all, I am always telling people to put your hands on your body where you feel your feelings. And we are going to be talking a lot about this in this episode, in this not maybe not in this episode, but as we um, as we go through this learning about trauma and toxic work environments. Okay, there because trauma has physical symptoms. Okay, and then there are diagnoses that go along with it, like post-traumatic stress disorder, okay, depression, anxiety. There are people who are saying that um, that there's like a loop around ADD and ADHD um, that those, that like there's a level of dissociation that ADD and ADHD are a response to in terms of trauma, okay? Also, if you look at um, people who are abusing substances, you know, people who are self-medicating, as we say, um, there is a lot of really good research to show that there's trauma there and, and trauma in their in their background um, that they are self-medicating against, right? And this is a real and pervasive public health problem. Um, if we look at um, depression, it kills a million people a year, um, close to 50,000 in the U.S. alone. Um, we are probably closing in on um, drug overdose deaths of, um, of getting on 80,000. Um, and there are there is also research that autoimmune disorders... Um, can be a response to trauma. I um, I was talking with a practitioner the other day, and there is new research that has come out that scoliosis, uh, right, is an autoimmune disease in your back um, that is a result of trauma, right? And 
more and more as we go forward is going to come out about trauma faster and faster and faster. Okay. And you can bury yourself in the statistics and and look at them, which I understand that people kind of want to do. But I think that if you've lived in in society for long enough, um, you can understand that there is just an awful lot of trauma going on. Um, okay. So then the question is, is like, what is trauma? So there are some really simple definitions. And the simplest definition I have comes from my trauma coach, um, Shyla Cash. And, and, and that definition is, is too much, too fast, um, and um, or too little for too long, okay? And when I say too much, too fast, or too little for too long, it's for our nervous system to digest and integrate. So we're going to have, you know, probably unique in foods in, in the food safety world, a conversation about nervous systems. Most of the time we're having conversations about nervous systems that start with don't eat them. <laughs> okay, this is not that conversation. All right, so you have a body, okay, and that body has a nervous system. And that nervous system is divided into two parts, your central nervous system, which is your brain and your spinal cord, okay? And then your peripheral nervous system, which is how nerves connect your central nervous system to your body, okay? Your brain and spinal cord is encased in your head and then goes down your neck and then stops and ends in, you know, like your um, your your spinal cord, right? So you have your brain and your brainstem and your spinal cord, right? And then you have all these nerves that come out of your, uh, your brainstem and your spinal spinal cord. Those nerves in your peripheral nervous system, so peripheral means outside, are divided into two other camps. There's the somatic, somatic means body, or voluntary nervous system. So wherever you are, I want you to like clench your hands and unclench your hands. That's done by your somatic nervous system. That's a voluntary system. Okay, you have an involuntary system. All right, so that's the next. So those are the two higher, uh, those, are, those are the next two hierarchies in your peripheral nervous system, okay? So your somatic nervous system, right, is what contracts muscles, okay? And you move because some muscles contract and then other muscles relax. So that's your somatic nervous system. You can have trauma into your somatic nervous system, okay? You can literally traumatize neurons in your somatic nervous system. Blunt force to your leg hurts and causes trauma to that area of your body and that part of your nervous system, as well as to the cells and that sort of thing, right? So that's your body nervous system, okay, and the voluntary system. And then you have this thing called the autonomic nervous system. This is the nervous system that works without you thinking about it, okay? This is the one, I tell you, that drives the bus, okay? And one of my goals here, and all you parents out there will laugh at this, is to make sure the pigeons are not driving the bus. That you are, in fact, driving the bus to the greatest extent practicable, okay? Because it is, in fact, an autonomic nervous system, and I really don't think... 
that you want to be in control of when your pituitary gland contracts and stimulates, um, you know, thyroid stimulating hormone. Like, let's not have you be consciously in charge of that because we'd all fall apart. So your autonomic nervous system is divided into your sympathetic branch and your parasympathetic branch, all right? And here's how we think about this in veterinary medicine. Your sympathetic branch is fight, flight, okay, fee, yeah, uh, freeze, and then appease. Like we've discovered appeasement um, as a sympathetic nervous system response. And if you look in the animal world, any of y'all who are out on farms and things like that, y'all know what appeasement looks like. If you have a dominant animal in a herd, other animals are appeasing that animal, okay? And that comes from a sympathetic nervous system response in those animals' bodies. And then we have the parasympathetic nervous system, okay? And that is what we call the feed and breed nervous system. That's the nervous system that relaxes you and allows you to digest your food and make more animals. <laughs> okay. When we look at trauma, what happens is, is something is understood. Okay. is We have information that comes in too much too fast or too little for too long that these nervous systems are trying to integrate and understand so as to make sense of the reality around you so you can survive, all right? We have a nervous system because it allows for survival. All these axons and neurons and all of those sorts of things, not every animal has that, okay? There are other animals that have neural nets and they don't really have a central or peripheral nervous system. It's all one nervous system. Okay, and so this, this delineation in our nervous system has been something that has evolved um, and allows us to function in, um, in the, on, on the earth and in the world. And so it's great and has done amazing things throughout all of human history. Okay, and we have gotten to the point where the way we um, have learned to heal um, and learn to integrate how um, our lives work um, are ones where we're kind of completely overwhelmed. Like the sheer volume of information that comes in to people um, and the rate at which it comes in is now like unprecedented in human history. Um, we are moving farther and faster than any other um, than, than any other um, group of beings on, uh, on the planet. And if we look at human history, this is new in human history. And the speed at which we are required to integrate information can be very, very overwhelming. Okay? Um, and things happen that... Um, things happen that we can't do anything about and we're more aware of it, okay? And then that's where trauma comes in. And trauma can come in with the realization from our somatic nervous system or our autonomic nervous systems that something's not going right and we have to survive and then we integrate around that reality, 
okay? Which I know is a little esoteric, but uh, um, that's kind of what happens. And it's something that happens in our body. If you are traumatized, you will feel it in your body um, right up like until the point where, you know, if you have a dissociative disorder, you won't feel it in your body because feeling things in your body um, was a very, very dangerous thing to do when these neurons were being laid down. Um, okay. And so then where does this, where does this actually leave us? Okay. Where it, where it leaves us is with an under, with, with like a, an understanding of what, um, of what trauma is, okay, um, and why it seems so challenging to define it, because there are really truly no objective criteria, and what is traumatizing to one person is not traumatizing to another person, okay? And so you there's there and what seems to be the dividing line, and this is from Dr. Peter Levine, um, is the level of control you have over something. The more you can exert control over something, the less likely that thing is to be traumatic to you, okay? And so if we look at something like um, something like, like stress, okay? And everybody experiences stress. It's normal to experience stress. We wouldn't not want to experience stress because our, our, our bodies wouldn't actually function correctly. Um, and so if we look at what stress is, stress is things like, um, you know, you drive home and there's a lot of traffic. That's a thing that's stressful to me, okay? Bumper to bumper traffic causes stress in most people. And in a healthy nervous system, you're able to process that stress when you get home, stretch out, talk to your, you know, significant other, have a conversation with your kids, walk the dog, whatever it is. And you're able to like discharge, if you will, um, that stress um, instead of keeping it, like keeping it all inside for, for most people, okay? But then what can happen is that in, in trauma, instead of being able to discharge that, what happens is, is that something startles your nervous system, okay? And you go into a sympathetic response and you try and activate a response, right? But you can't. And that creates what we call thwarted movement, right? Um, and when you can't, it seems like, like if you look at the research, it seems like when you want to move, literally, physically move, um, and you cannot, that's when the trauma starts, that's, that's when the inciting event, traffic or otherwise, turns into trauma. And the first thing that we do is we get into like a freeze response and we, and we freeze. Like if you look at every single animal out there, in the face of an overwhelming sympathetic response, the first thing that they do is freeze, okay? 
And then they try and activate in a way of, of trying to bring about like survival and, and self-repair. But in that freeze response, we can get into an altered state. We generally feel things in our body, okay? And then we move into automatic obedience. So if you have found yourself saying yes to somebody and you're like, why the hell did I even say yes to that? It's because you literally have neurons laid down in your peripheral nervous system and your somatic nervous system that overrode your desire to say no and you said yes. Okay, this is what literally happens with people pleasers. People pleasing is a trauma response because you go into automatic obedience. And so then what happens in our workplaces to kind of bring all of this back to our workplaces is we are all walking around work if we are, you know, part of the overwhelming number of people who have trauma in their backgrounds or who are poorly integrating stress um, in a state where we kind of don't know what we're doing. Uh, we can't feel our bodies, uh, right? Given the work that we do, um, a lot of people do turn off feeling in their bodies because, you know, food manufacturing is kind of physically hard. And so we work in places where feeling your body is not, um, a, not conducive to actually getting the job done. And so we conscientiously turn off how much our feet hurt or how much our hands hurt or how much our neck hurts while we're working. Okay. And so in order for us to make any strides, we have to understand reality as it's occurring right now, okay? And this is our reality. There's nothing in, and you know, for some people, when I have this conversation with them, they are like automatically getting into shame. This isn't how it should be. That's not helpful, okay? Um, and, you, and you probably know that, but it's, it's not helpful. And so the question is, is that how are you going to just recognize reality? And I'm going to give you the first of several things to do with yourself when you are deeply uncomfortable as you are recognizing your reality. And all I want you to do, okay, is take a super deep breath, right? And don't do this if you're driving. Take a really deep breath, right? And cross your arms in front of you, right? And take another deep breath, um, and slowly move your chin to your chest, okay? Close your eyes and with your chin to your chest and your arms crossed in front of you, I just want you to hold yourself in, like literally hold yourself in. Because I really feel like when I do this exercise with my clients, mostly what your body is asking is to be safe and protected and comforted. Okay, and this process of chin to chest and, and, and holding yourself in and pressing your arm, your hands against your arms and your elbows against your abdomen gives a real sense of comfort, okay, to that parasympathetic nervous system and to your um, somatic nervous system, your voluntary nervous system, okay, and it can really calm you down. Um, so that's just one thing that you can do, okay? And you can teach yourself how to do this 
at work when you can't, when you literally can't put your hands on your arms because then you would have to go rewash your hands, right? But you can teach yourself by doing that process and then looking at something pleasant in your work environment. And eventually what you'll be able to do is get that feeling. It's like, this is like a Pavlovian response, but you'll look at the thing that feels pleasant and you'll feel pleasant in your body and you will feel safe and protected, okay? So that's one tool of many that I'm gonna give you as we go through this, um, as we go through this podcast series, okay? So there we go. We have laid the groundwork for what is trauma. Um, if you are enjoying this, um, if you think this is something that is a conversation you need to have in your workplace, I'm here for it. Get in touch with me. Go find me at foodsafetyuniversity.com. Book a call. Um, and let's really get to work on this because this is work worth doing. And this is the, this is the door through which I'm inviting you to walk, um, so that you can really, um, create the food business that you were meant to create. Mm -hmm. All right. I love you all so much. Have a week full of awesome and I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Food Safety University podcast. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, I want you to go to dirigofoodsafety.com and go check out all the things that we have. If you haven't gotten your HACCP download, go get that or book a call with me and let's talk about getting you into Food Safety University. I'll see you on the inside.